morning, and I trust you do. If you can open with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to camp out at this morning. And welcome to our final week of a series that I believe has stirred us up as a people of faith, as a people of prayer, has stirred us up in a very, very good way. Um, during this series, of course, we've learned to pray some, some different types of prayers, what we have called dangerous prayers, meaning the prayers that we have unpacked have not been predictable prayers, they've not been easy prayers, they haven't even been safe prayers, they're, they're dangerous prayers, but in the best possible way because they um, make it possible for us to submit ourselves to what God um, would do and would even have us do. And I asked this question in, in, in week three, but let me just ask one more time since this is our final um, time in this series. How many of you would consider yourself a dangerous person? So you like living on the edge. Um, if there's a plane and a parachute, you might grab it and you might just jump right out. So there's a few of us. Um, how many of you would consider yourself a safe person? Um, the only good kind of plane is a plane where the door stays shut. Um, all, all the way from point A to point B um, kind of deal. So think about that. In, in this room, of course, we have some safe individuals. We have some dangerous individuals. But um, I think for both groups, when it, oftentimes when it comes to our prayers, we find it true that our prayers are often safe, even when we're maybe when we're not. And as I've said from the beginning, our prayers should be like God himself is. They, they should be amazingly good. They should be amazingly big. But they should not necessarily be safe for God, when you think about it, God is not safe. He is even somewhat dangerous. The living God of the universe is untamable. He's good, but he isn't safe. And yet, to think about it, the, ultimately the safest place for us to be is inside of his will, even though it might not always promise us safety and um, walking through um, sunflower meadows and all things that maybe we, we think of when we think of, of God's will, yet is the safest place that we could possibly be. And the, the prayers that we have unpacked uh, thus far, I believe, are prayers that God most definitely will answer because they are prayers that if you take the word of God and you ring it out, these are prayers that um, fall forth from the word of God. Just think about where we've been. Search me, break me, send me, um, uh, lead, or use me, send, uh, I'm getting all confused. Help me, lead me, mold me, and make me. Your will be done, or show me your glory. I had a situation this week, and I, I have to say that this isn't always the case, but I was called on in a certain situation and asked to pray, and um, just, just praying and uh, remembering last week and just praying, God, show your glory, show your glory. Whatever that looks like, God, show your glory. And I hadn't even got the words out of my mouth and the prayer was answered. And um, it was one of those things where it's like, not just, oh, this works, but oh, it works. As we pray and seek the Lord in prayer, God answered. And think about this. Have you truly, as we've walked through these prayers, have you prayed them? And if so, how has God answered as we prayed um, these words and these biblical prayers. And this morning we come to our final dangerous prayer, which highlights, I believe, the other side of prayer. Well, when you think about it, prayer is not only about us talking to God. Prayer is about God talking to us. If I were to ask you the last thing you prayed for 
most of us would have zero um, or would have, wouldn't have a hard time at all saying, well, I prayed for this yesterday, or I prayed for this today, or I prayed for this last week. We wouldn't have a hard time. But if I were to then ask, when was the last time God spoke and what did he say? Many of us would hesitate and go, uh, well, I'm not quite sure. And the picture is sometimes our prayers look a lot like this. God, give me this. God, do this. God, heal this person. God, do this, do that, do this. Amen. And what we don't do in the midst of our prayers is say, God, speak. God, let me hear your voice. For you see, prayer is supposed to be a two-way conversation. It's not just us informing God of things that we need. Because let me just go ahead and break it to you this morning. God already knows. He already knows every detail in our lives. He already knows what is going on. On. And you might say, well, then why should we pray? Because God gave us prayer as a method of getting his will done on earth. Therefore, we pray. But think about this. We are supposed to, in prayer, we're supposed to hear what God would have us to do and then act in faith. Um, and in faith, we lay hold of the provisions or the commands that God lays before us. And we do those things. So in prayer, get this, we hear from God. Prayer is not just God hearing from us. Prayer is us hearing from Him. I love the words of the, the, the late Dallas Willard who said, we could say that the most important thing in life is to hear God's voice. We may think hearing God is something mystical or super spiritual, but that is not what the Bible teaches. The Old and New Testament show people hearing God speak as a normal part of their daily lives. So the biblical picture is people of God heard God speak as a normal part of their lives. And then think about this. Of all the voices that we hear in the course of a day, whether it be our own voice or whether it be the voice of others, none is more essential to how we live our lives than the voice of our Heavenly Father, than the words of Christ, than the promptings of the Holy Spirit within just think about this question. Is the voice of God the loudest voice in your life? And I, I know most of I know the answer in most of our lives, but that, that's the question. Is the voice of God the loudest voice in our lives? And if the answer is no, then that's the problem of our lives. The other voices have taken precedence over his voice. And let me just kind of lay it out there this morning. If we don't listen to everything that God has to say, eventually we will listen to nothing that God has to say. Let me say it again. If we do not listen to everything that God has to say, eventually we won't hear anything that he has to say. So in case you're wondering this morning, God has spoken. God is speaking. This word is living. This word is powerful. It is not a dead word. It is a living word. God really speaks through it even today. So not just with information, God speaks through it with himself. Showing himself to us time and time and time again. So let us today go to his living and powerful word and hear from him. Not just, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little confession time. Sometimes i got to confess that I listen to the word of God, but I listen so I can tell somebody else instead of listening in order to obey. So sometimes we're guilty of, we hear something and go, oh, that's good, let me tell somebody. Instead of, that's good, let me obey it. 
May we today listen in order to obey what God has to say to us. So if you're able, I'm going to ask us to stand as we read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Maybe a familiar story to most of us in the calling of young Samuel. And it says this, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Let's pray. Father, we come before you as your people, saying, Speak, O God. For we hear. We say in the words of Psalm 119, open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your word. Speak to us, O God, today. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through your spirit, God. Speak to us. Help us to hear you. Help us not to harden our hearts towards you. And help us, O oh God, to obey you. We thank you that you have not left us on our own. That you have not left us to figure it out, Lord. You have spoken and you are speaking. God, help us to grab a hold of that today. Desire that today. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. So just think about those words. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. And ultimately, let's just be honest, there is a big difference between hearing and listening. If you're a wife in this room, you know very well what I mean by that when it thinks about a husband, whether it be hearing or, or listening. You know, hearing means that sound waves go into our ears, making our eardrum vibrate and sending a signal to our brain. But listening, of course, is much more than that. Listening could be described as active hearing meaning that a person could be standing or even sitting two feet from us, um, yet if they're not paying attention, all they hear is mumble. You know, from the standpoint of a husband and the wife is standing there and you know her mouth is moving, but for some reason there's nothing that's coming into the, the eardrums. We are not choosing in that moment to listen. Don't act like it's only me. You, you guys, y'all are sitting there, not, I had never done, I don't know what you're talking about. Never done that before. But there's a picture where we must listen. Um, and oh, that we would not just hear the words of God, but we would listen 
to what he says. For in this moment, what we just read, out of a dark time in the history of Israel, a light would now shine forth. And out of the silence, a voice would call out to a young boy. And let me just also lay this before us this morning. Listening for the voice of God apart from the word of God is an exercise in futility. Meaning, I know so many people that they say, oh, God's doing this. God told me this. God told me that. And you say, oh, in the word? No. no. I don't ever open the, the Bible. I never, never read that. But God just speaks to me in different ways. Um, trying to hear the, the word of God with your Bible closed is a dangerous, slippery slope, brothers and sisters. Meaning that God is not the only source of words, thoughts, and feelings that come into our ears. In fact, Brother Frank just mentioned it earlier. He said, you know, in speaking to yourself, now thankfully he's talking about speaking good things to ourselves, but if we're not careful, we also speak some pretty negative things to ourselves. We speak some untrue things to ourselves. And not only are we speaking, other people are speaking into our lives, and Satan is speaking into our, our ears. So every day we have all kind of different voices that are coming into our lives. And if we are not careful, we'll confuse those voices for a word from God. And we'll say, well, that must be God speaking because it seems to be very, very clear to me. There has to be an anchor for all the, the words and all the voices that are speaking to our lives. There has to be an anchor that holds us in the midst of all of that. And that anchor, brothers and sisters, is God's word. We must have the word of God. Therefore, from the word of God, I want to draw out two truths pertaining to us hearing Hearing the voice of the Lord or hearing, hearing his powerful words. So the first truth is this. There are times when God seems silent. There are times when God seems silent. Just think about how it begins here in verse 1. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. In those days, Israel had repressed God through disobedience, through denial, through defamation, and God was giving Israel the silent treatment. God was not speaking to them. And this can sometimes be a description of our lives. Because of our disobedience, God gives us the silent treatment. For the silence of God is oftentimes the judgment of God. And the reality is, during this time, the word of God grew more rare and more rare. Pointing forward, um, the, the prophet Amos, several hundred years after that, would say this, or God would say through him, Behold, the days are coming, well, I, I'm going to send a famine, not of, not of food or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So God promised a day when he would speak in judgment or would, would judge people by not giving him, not giving them, excuse me, his word we see this silence reflected here with a lamp almost about to to go out we know that god's people has sinned against him we know that god's priests are sinning against him when you read first samuel 1 and 2 you think about eli the priest who had deaf ears even the priest wasn't hearing from god he had blind eyes and of course blindness in scripture is a metaphor for a lack of spiritual insight so even the the priest wasn't spiritually aware of what was going on and the priest had a preoccupied life he was 
focused on his sons and their rebellion, not standing against them, but just focused on what they were doing. He was preoccupied. And let me just say this this morning. There are times in your life and there are times in my life where we become too busy to hear the voice of the Lord. We become too busy. The pace of our lives make it difficult for us to hear from God or the pace of our lives make it difficult for us to fit in time with God. Yet, God's word still calls to us and tells us to be still and know that I am God. And think about this. In today's world, those two words, be still, sounds more like a punishment than it does a blessing. Doesn't it sound like a punishment? Be still. I don't want to be still. I want to move. I want to go. I want to be on the go. And God says, be still. And we say, but I can't. And God says, sit on your hands, close your mouths, and be still. And it's so difficult for us. It sounds like a punishment to us. But think about this. Our failure to hear God's voice is oftentimes due to the fact that we really don't want to hear it. Or we only want to hear his voice when we think we need it. So ultimately, God is silent because of our sin. Because we desire everything else over him. And there are so many layers here that we can't get to um, this morning. But let me just kind of throw this out there. On the other side of the coin this morning are times where you and I are really seeking God. Where we're desiring refuge when the chaos of life is just washing over us. Where we're desiring insight for answers Uh, or, or answers for decisions that we need to make. We're just desiring a word from God. And in those moments, as we're really desiring, it seems like God is silent. I think of the words of the song, The Silence of God, by Andrew Peterson, who says this, It's enough to drive a man crazy. It'll break a man's faith. It's enough to make him wonder if he's ever been sane. When he's bleeding for comfort from thy staff and thy rod, and heaven's only answer is the silence of God. There are times where we feel that way. We're seeking God. We want his rod and his staff, and it seems like he's silent. All of God's saints, if we're allowed to live long enough, will be led into lonely, disorienting, weary, and silent wildernesses. And this silence can be difficult, it can be frustrating, it can be excruciating. As Christians, we don't always sense the word of God. Let me just real quick, and this isn't in your notes, it's not in your notes, but let me just give you a few practical things to do when God seems silent. In fact, I think there's five of them. Five things when God seems silent. First is this, examine your life. When God seems silent, examine your life, meaning you need to um, recognize that um, God's silence might be due to your sin. So therefore, the prayer is, God, is there any sin in my life? Your word says in Psalm 66, 18, that if I regard iniquity in my heart, you will not hear me, meaning I won't hear you as well. So therefore, God, is there sin in my life? Do I have wrong motives? Do I love others or anything else more than I love you? God searched me and showed me that. And as God brings things to our mind, we need to repent and ask for his forgiveness. So examine your life. Secondly, when, when God seems silent, accept God's sovereignty. 
recognize, get this, that God can choose to be silent. There is no obligation for God to answer us in every circumstance and situation. When I come to God and say, why did you do this? God isn't required to always answer me. In his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer wrote, God is said to be absolutely free because no one and nothing can hinder him or compel him or stop him. He is able to do as he pleases always, everywhere, and forever. So accepting God's sovereignty is a sign that we trust God even when we don't know what he's doing. That we trust his heart even when we have no idea why his hand is putting this here or putting that there. We trust his heart. The third thing we do when God seems silent is we listen to what God has already said. Listen to what he has already said, meaning that although God might seem silent to a specific request or petition or need, God has, without a doubt, spoken graciously, powerfully, and definitively in his word. Meaning that it could be possible that we already have God's answer. The reason we don't have it is because maybe our Bible's closed. One theologian said on most people's Bibles, there's enough dust to write the words condemned. Now, I don't know if that's true of, of us. I pray it is not. But here is the, the thing. God is under no obligation to write his will for you or his answer for you in the sky when he has already given it to us in his word. He's under no obligation whatsoever. So when we are having trouble struggling with the silence of God, let's go to where we know God has already spoken. God has already spoken definitively, graciously, powerfully in his word. Let's go back to that. Let's ask God to speak to us through his spirit who lives inside of us because God has shown us in his word what he desires for his children, for his followers. He's given special insight into his pleasures and his purposes and let's let's seek those together the fourth thing we do when god seems silent is recognize and this is going to be a hard one recognize that silence can be intimate meaning that silence can be a sign of god's trust in john chapter 11 the story is told of jesus's friends lazarus mary and martha and mary and martha send word to jesus that they're that his friend lazarus whom he loved was sick and instead of rushing immediately, Jesus stays for two more days. He does not answer. Especially doesn't answer the way they think he should. By the time Jesus does get to Bethany, Lazarus had been dead for four days. But in Jesus' silence, Mary and Martha, along with us, are brought into a new revelation of Christ when Jesus looks at Martha and says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live. Four days later, Lazarus is raised from the dead, showing Jesus' power as the resurrection and the life. J. Oswald, or excuse me, Oswald Chambers says this, Has God trusted you with his silence? Just think of those days of absolute silence in the home of Bethany, or at Bethany. When you cannot hear God, you will find that he has trusted you in the most intimate way possible, with absolute silence. Not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure, because he saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation. So silence can be an intimate time. And then the fifth thing when, when God seems silent is this. 
keep talking to God. Keep talking to God. Just because God seems silent does not mean we should doubt Him or stop praying to Him. When you don't hear from God, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care for you. So when you don't hear from God, it doesn't mean that God doesn't care. God's silence is not a license for us to turn from Him or it is not a license for us to doubt in the dark what we would never doubt in the light. That's what times what we often do. We doubt in the dark what we would never doubt when things are going our way. Let us not doubt in those moments what we would never doubt in the light. Let's not do it. In fact, silence is an invitation for us to press in to God. For us to press in like never before. I don't know everything that's related to the silence of God, but here's what I do know. God is not playing games with us. God is not frustrating us purposefully. There is a purpose even when it seems like God is silent. Yes, there might be times where God seems silent. But know this, and this is our second truth. There is never a time when God is silent. So the second truth, there is never a time when God is silent. What I mean by that is this. There might be times where it seems like God is silent, but the God of this word, is, is, he's in a constant state of communication. He's always speaking. He's always moving. He's always working. The word of the Lord was rare in the days of Samuel, but it, was not, it, was, it wasn't non-existent. God was about to step in and turn all of that um, around, turn everything on its head. He was about to change it all. For the nature of God is that he speaks. If you read the word of God, and I pray, of course, we are a people who read God's word, we understand, according to the Bible, that God is a speaking God. The whole of Scripture, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, is a record of God speaking in human history to his people. God spoke to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Enoch. God spoke to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to Samuel. A seemingly long list of men and women heard the voice of God in the Old Testament. Just listen in 1 Samuel 3 to how God spoke to Samuel. In verse 4, the Lord called Samuel. In verse 6, the Lord called again. In verse 8, the Lord called the third time. We didn't read verse 21, but it says, And the Lord appeared again to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Over and over and over and over again, God is speaking to Samuel. And let me say this, over and over and over and over again, God is speaking to you. You might not hear him. You might choose not to hear him. You might... Um, choose that you don't want him or you don't want to hear what he has to say in that particular moment. But here's the thing. God graciously and repeatedly calls out to us. Think about this. God's voice was heard even in the, the New Testament. When we think about individuals who heard him. And I assume that most of you will agree with me on this. And if you don't, then you're wrong. And that's okay. But then it's not okay. But the, the principal way that God speaks to us today is through the written word of God. That's the principal way that God speaks to, to us. The Bible is God's primary revelation to us. The Holy Spirit, as we know it, enlightens and convicts and persuades us concerning the word of God. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see the truth of the word. Therefore, 
No revelation that somebody says they have. No voice that somebody says they heard. No impression from God will ever conflict with God's word. Meaning this, if you have a message from God that contradicts this word, guess who's wrong? It's not God, it's you. No matter how real your message might be, if your message from God contradicts with God's word, you're wrong, period. Or I'm wrong, period. Let me add this, the word of God in our hands is more sure than anything we can hear outside of the Bible. The word of God in our hands is more sure than anything we can ever hear outside of God's word. But we also know that there are several ways, according to the Bible, that God spoke um, in the word outside of um, the word. Think about people who heard the audible voice of God. Abraham, Moses, the nation of Israel, getting in the New Testament. Um, We think about Peter, James, and John. Think about Paul and others who heard the audible voice of God. God. Now, do I believe that God can still speak audibly? Yeah, God can do whatever he wants to. Now, would I say that that's probably rare? Yes, it's probably rare for God to speak audibly today, but God can still do whatever he wills and desires to do. And then think about other ways that God spoke. God speaks or spoke through angelic messengers. Hebrews chapter 13 says, beware unless you encounter an angel, a messenger unaware God spoke in the Bible through dreams. God speaks and spoke and and still speaks through creation itself. Psalm 19, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Although we need to be careful about um, craving God's word outside of the Bible as if there's a better way. We've got to be careful there. I don't see biblically um, where it says that God can't communicate outside of his word. So I don't see that. But here's what I do see. Whatever we feel like God or whatever we sense that God is speaking to us outside of his word, we better test it according to the word. Let's bring it back to the word of God. Did God say it? Is this true? Is this um, in line with how God has revealed himself through all of the word of God? And here's the beautiful thing. Ultimately, people in the Bible were not left to wonder or to speculate whether they heard from God. Again, I agree with Dallas Willard who said this, it is to be expected, I love this, that if there is something God would have us to know, he will make it plainly clear to us. So if God has something he wants us to know, you better believe he will make it very clear to us. We won't be left scratching our head going, that might be God, it might not be God, I'm not really sure what's going on in this moment. No, we will know very clearly that God has spoken. And the truth of the matter is God God doesn't generally speak, of course, through extravagant or extra-biblical ways, although he could. The ultimate truth is God speaks. More times it's the voice of God comes from the word of God and it comes from the still small voice of the spirit of God. What we would call in, in 1 Kings 19, the whisper of God or the still small voice. I love Malachi. He, so many times throughout a day, he will say, Dad, I have a secret. Come here. And most of the time, I have a secret means I really want you to get me something, um, but I don't want anybody else to hear it. So, um, so his secret might be, I want ice cream. Or it might be, 
we got any candy in this house or, or other, other things related to that. But here's the beautiful thing. And here's what, although sometimes it can get on my ever-loving nerve as a parent, but the beautiful thing is in saying, I have a secret for you and whispering something to me. Guess what Malachi is doing? He's drawing me close. And in that moment, I'm close to him. And let me, let me just tell you what happens when God draws us in in that way and whispers into our ear through the Spirit of God, God is drawing us close. He wants us close to Him. He wants us there. He wants us near. He wants us listening. It's what God desires. Let me just kind of bring us back to, to um, Samuel and this picture of 1 Samuel 3. Let me just kind of lay two things before us. First of all, notice the position of Samuel. So notice the position of of Samuel. The Bible says this. It says um, in verse 3, The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Meaning, of all the people in Israel, even the priests, Samuel was the closest person to God. And there's something important about putting ourselves in a place where we can hear from God. Here's the question for us today. Are we putting ourselves in places where we can hear from God? I mean, number one, you are because you're here. Under the word of God. I pray you're listening in this moment to the word of God. Are you putting yourself in other days in places where you can hear from God? Oh, that we are. Oh, that we continually position ourselves where we can hear from him. But then notice this. Notice, secondly, that God was speaking to Samuel, but Samuel thought it was the voice of Eli. Meaning this, Samuel confused the voice of a man, or the, the voice of God for the voice of a man. Maybe God is speaking to you today, and you're attributing it to the voice of someone else that's not God. Or vice versa. Maybe a man is speaking, or a woman is speaking into your life, and you're attributing it to God. Even though it is, it is not. I wonder how many times that God has spoken to us through his spirit and we chose not to recognize it. We chose to say, well, that can't be God because that's not the message I wanted to hear. And God would never tell me anything I don't want to, to hear. So that can't be God. Brothers and sisters, be careful about um, creating a God that only tells you what you want to hear. In fact, if you read on chapter um, verse 11 here, chapter 3, what God has to say to Samuel after he says, speak, aren't nice words. They're words of judgment that God is about to bring on Eli and his family. It wasn't something that Samuel as a young boy wanted to hear, let alone wanted to be able to tell back to Eli. Just because you and I say, speak, Lord, we are listening, doesn't mean God's going to come to us and say, Everything's going to work out the way you want it to because you're in control and not me. No. Sometimes it's going to be, here's what I'm doing. And nobody else might like it in the world, but I'm doing it because I'm God. Because I have a purpose and my purpose will succeed. Do we truly desire to hear the Lord speak? If you aren't listening, you won't hear him. But if you open the word of God. If you ask the Lord to open your eyes and your ears through the spirit of God, you will see things you've never seen before. You'll recognize things you've never recognized before. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Let me end, let me end this way this morning. Has there ever been a time in your life where in desperation you've called out 
to God and you said, God, if only I could hear your voice. God, I want to hear your voice. You're not talking to me. I don't know why you're not talking to me. If only I can, if only I could hear your voice. God, if only you would talk to me, things would be okay. Let me just confess, I have said those words many times. God, if only I could hear from you. And I have found in those moments, the Lord thankfully is patient with me and he tenderly rebukes me. And one of the ways that God tenderly rebukes me in those moments is by taking me back to his word. Remember where he has already spoken. And one of those ways is Hebrews chapter 1. We want to put it on the screen, but just listen and look at what Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2 says. It says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So what these two verses teach very loudly, very plainly, is that God is not silent. God is not withdrawn. God is not uncommunicative. God is speaking. And this verse, these verses tell us that God has spoken in two phases. Before the coming of the Son of God, through the prophets, and then through the Son of God and, and the coming, uh, His coming into the, the world. So Jesus, now we're living in this time where Jesus has spoken and is speaking to us through His Son. We have the revelation of the Son of God. John Piper put it this way. Every time I begin to complain that God is silent and that I need God to speak to me, at that moment I should stop and I should ask, have I truly heard this word? Is this word from God spoken in the Son of God so short and simple that I have finished with it already? Have I really heard the word of God in the person and teaching and work of the Son? Is the aching of my soul and the confusion of my mind really owing to the fact that I have heard him and exhausted everything he has to say? Or have I treated his words lightly and then, then decided I wanted to hear something else. This is what I fear I am guilty of more than I wish to admit. Not that we have heard everything that Christ has to say and we have found it wanting. But we have stopped listening. And because of that, we're wanting in the worst possible way for we are wanting for his word. Here's the beautiful thing. God is calling us to hear him. And God is calling us to hear him decisively in his son. For just think about how God communicated in Christ. Christ came and lived a life we could not live. Christ came and died a death for the sins of the world that we could not die. Christ um, conquered an enemy that we could not conquer. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the devil. He defeated them. He fought and he won. This is the picture of who Christ is. And the point of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 is this. The word that God has spoken to us is a decisive word. In the coming of Jesus, it is forever settled that God is worthy. In the coming of Jesus, it is forever settled that God is good. In the coming of Jesus, it is forever settled that God is just. In the coming of Jesus, it is forever settled that God is love. And the coming of Jesus is forever settled that God is gracious and merciful and kind. 
and in the coming of Jesus is forever settled that God is speaking. God is speaking. He is speaking to us. Therefore, our desire, our prayer is speak, Lord, for we are listening. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. I'm going to ask you to stand as we enter into a time of invitation and consecration. I'll call Brother Frank and musician forward. And I just want to ask you in this moment, what is God saying to you? This isn't a small thing to hear from an almighty God. This is a huge thing. What is God saying to you in this moment? And how will you respond to it? Let's pray. Father, we come before you now. Coming, coming to you, Lord, in the echo of your word. Knowing that you have definitively spoken in and through your word. Father, I don't know what it is that you're saying today to everyone in this room or what you will say. For some, you might be calling them in this moment. Your voice is loud and clear. You're calling them to salvation. That They have never turned from their sin and turned from trusting in themselves. They've never turned to Jesus and trusted him as Savior and Lord. And today, that voice is going forth calling men and women, young and old, to salvation. And we pray that today would be the day of salvation. For others, God, in this room, men and women of God who, Lord, for some reason, we have stopped listening. Maybe it's because of our sin and we've been cut off from your voice. Or maybe we're walking through a difficult time and we're wanting an answer, but yet, God, we have closed your word. Lord, forgive us and help us to realize, Lord, that when you might not be speaking the way that we anticipate or want, Lord, you are always speaking through your word. Your word is never silent. God, help us to press into that today. Whatever it is that you're telling us to do, help us to do it. Speak, Lord. For we, we're hearing, we're listening. And Lord, prayerfully, we're listening in order to obey. So whatever it is, Father, help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.